Two drones crashed into the Kremlin yesterday. Russia claimed it was an assassination attempt on Vladimir Putin, also claiming Ukraine was behind it. No evidence was given. Kyiv flat out denying the charges, even as Russia rattled their sabers. U.S. officials say they are surprised drones got that close to the Kremlin. The area is highly protected with air defense systems. Though no one was hurt and there was no major damage, it's an embarrassing blow for the nation that is now in its second year after invading Ukraine. With their Victory Day celebrations commemorating World War II just days away, Russia said they reserved the right to take countermeasures. Yet the world awaits evidence that Ukraine had any involvement. The news can be depressing, but the Apostle Peter encouraged suffering saints who were experiencing various trials to remember and greatly rejoice that Christ died, that Christ arose, and that Christ is coming again. So all of us remember and rejoice today. Welcome to Haven Today here on May the 4th. It's a Thursday, and I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. The past few days, we've looked at some sermons that Jesus delivered, like the one we find in Luke 4. We spoke about it yesterday. Of course, Jesus was teaching out of his Bible, and the passage he was teaching from was Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to the opening of the prison for those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Once again, that's Jonathan Rumi, who portrays Jesus in the Chosen TV show series, reading from Isaiah 61. If you've listened to the program at Christmas time, you know I'm a big fan of the book of Isaiah. I would agree with those who say it's the fifth gospel. So I think it would be worth our time today to take another look at this bold moment in Christ's ministry, a moment where he very clearly proclaimed his coming as the Messiah. And then after the program, I want to send you all three seasons of The Chosen on DVD for your gift to the ministry. This unique series about the life of Christ. I asked the series creator, Dallas Jenkins, what inspired him to produce this program series. I did a short film from my church's Christmas Eve service. And that was all it was intended to be. It was a short film about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And the idea was always stories from the gospels, but from a different perspective. So same story, but through the eyes of maybe someone different that we don't normally focus on when we do movies or miniseries about Jesus. And so I just thought that was a really interesting possibility. And that short film, very long story short, ended up being the catalyst for and the fundraiser for this this uh, season one of, of what turned out to be The Chosen. That was Dallas Jenkins. He created The Chosen, a multi-season program on the life of Christ. I encourage you to visit haventoday.org after this program, where you can read, watch, and listen to many different resources we have about The Chosen. And after you check all that out, you can make a gift for the bundle of seasons one to three for The Chosen on DVD, and we'll send it to you tomorrow 
when it's officially released. And you can do that at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And now let's open the program with a song about Jesus, our Messiah, by the Gaither Vocal Band. He became sin who knew no sin That we might become His righteousness He humbled Himself and carried the cross Love so amazing Love so amazing Jesus Messiah
You're listening to Haven Today. Thanks for joining me. I'm Charles Morris in a program called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. And we open with Jesus Messiah, sung for us by the Gaither Vocal Band. Have you ever given a speech? This question may have brought up bad memories of your years, maybe in high school or perhaps a college class on communications. It could be nerve-wracking for so many of us. Several thoughts come through our minds as we prepare to give a speech. What will we talk about? Does my voice sound a little funny? What will the audience think of me? In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus found himself in a similar situation. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus finds himself in a similar situation. He is going to be speaking publicly for the first time in front of his family, friends, even neighbors. But he wouldn't be giving a speech to a class he would be giving a sermon in his hometown. And this came after a grueling 40 days in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. Jesus was tested in the wilderness, but he made it through safely. He didn't fall prey to the devil's schemes, but he loved his heavenly father and obeyed his father's will through it all. I say all of this to let you know that Jesus probably came back to his hometown Nazareth with a heavy and a tired heart. I'm sure it wasn't easy for him to speak in front of family, friends, and neighbors, but he knew he had to do it. And in this sermon, Jesus would reveal his life's purpose. Now, I want you to hear a little excerpt from episode three of the TV series, The Chosen. This is a multi-season program chronicling the life of Jesus and his disciples, developed by Dallas Jenkins, we heard from him, And this show has been an incredible success, and it's even caught the attention of the broader entertainment industry. This excerpt uses portions of Jesus' first sermon, found in Luke 4, beginning in verse 14. The fulfillment of this scripture, as you have heard it, is today. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is a year of jubilee, a year of the poor, the brokenhearted the captive and the blind are offered redemption. Here, now. We are with you. Keep going. Not bad for a carpenter's son, yes? (laughs) I mean, especially Joseph. May he rest in peace. Jesus, please explain why you stopped the reading before Isaiah spoke of the day of vengeance of our God, especially during a time of such oppression. The day of vengeance is in the future. I'm not here for vengeance. I'm here for salvation. You're here for salvation. What are you saying? You know what I'm saying. And this year of Jubilee, this year of the Lord's favor, is not about release from financial debts. I'm here to provide release from spiritual debt. We're the chosen seed of Abraham. We don't have spiritual debt. Jesus. Yes, sir. We've been hearing about the signs and wonders. And now this? Are you claiming to be more than a rabbi? More than even the baptizer? No doubt one of you will quote me the proverb 
physician, heal yourself. The things we heard you did in Capernaum and in Syria, do here in your hometown. Yes? Why not? I get it. It's always easier to accept hard truths and even greatness from strangers than from those you know well. That was a snippet of episode three from the TV series, The Chosen. Many decades ago, a young itinerant preacher was teaching and preaching across the United States, and his sermons were building traction. A prominent newspaper editor in Southern California caught wind of this man and told his writers to puff him up. The editor wanted the preacher to get some positive press so that the revival audiences would grow. That preacher? Yes, it was Billy Graham. And now I'm certainly not trying to draw a line from Jesus to Billy Graham. But there are some similarities at this point in Jesus' life. Jesus was gaining traction. Luke 4 tells us that news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Jesus was already healing. He was preaching in local synagogues and to great effect. But he had not yet done this in his hometown. This is always a big moment in someone's life. Think about the world-class athlete who grew up in the city and is making his debut for the team he rooted for his whole life. It can be exciting. It can be nerve-wracking all at the same time. And when the Sabbath day came, he stood up and he read the scripture in his local synagogue. What passage did he choose? Christians in the West can be a bit spoiled. We have so many copies of the Bible in our homes and in our churches, even on our phones. But in the first century, in a small town like Nazareth, they didn't have a complete copy of the Old Testament. But in God's providence, the synagogue in Nazareth had just the right scroll. Jesus had an Isaiah scroll to read from. And he read to them from Isaiah 61, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I mentioned this yesterday. This passage is a famous messianic text. It's a prophecy of the coming Messiah who would come to restore rebellious Israel back to God. And that's good news for Israel as a whole, but specifically for Nazareth, which was a poor and outcast town in Galilee. Do you remember the words from John 1:46 when Nathaniel asked, can anything good come from Nazareth? This was not exactly a prestigious town, but listen to what Jesus read. The spirit of the Lord was upon him to proclaim good news to the poor, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It was a message of hope for the poor and the marginalized in Nazareth. They would be blessed by the Messiah. The heavenly kingdom of God was arriving in Nazareth of all places. Imagine what the scene was like when Jesus sat down there in that little synagogue and he said these words, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, you and I are probably rejoicing right now. I hope you are with me. We should be jumping for joy at this amazing announcement from our Lord. He's here. He's come to make all things new, to make all things right again. His hometown sermon couldn't have gone any better, if I say so 
myself. But his family, friends, and his longtime neighbors were confused. The crowd thought he spoke eloquently, but they asked, Isn't this Joseph's son? How can Jesus be the Messiah? We've known him ever since he was a little boy. Some of us have changed his diapers. I wish it were true, but I just can't buy it. And in a way, Jesus' sermon in Nazareth summarizes his ministry on earth. He came to do his father's will as the promised Messiah, but the world simply couldn't believe him. Jesus knew what was coming. His hometown wanted him to prove that he was the Messiah. Jews were like that back then. Those amazing healings they had heard about in other towns, they wanted to see that before their very eyes. But Jesus was not a traveling circus. He was not a magician who was there to simply entertain a crowd. He called out their intentions in verse 23. You will tell me, do here in your hometown what we've heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. What should have been a triumphant moment for Jesus' ministry ended up in disappointment and worse. After Jesus spoke of being rejected in his hometown, he shared two stories of when God visited the Gentiles and not the Israelites. What was Jesus getting at there? He was telling the crowd, if you don't want me here, I'll go elsewhere and be a blessing to them. Yes, even to the Gentiles. And this made the crowd furious, and they rose up in order to throw Jesus off the cliff. This passage began with a message of hope, and it ended with an attempted murder. Well, where's the good news in this? We find it in these words. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus said these words, knowing what would happen, that the crowd would try to kill him, and yet that didn't stop his purpose as the Messiah. He came to bless and to redeem his people. He came to set them free from their slavery to sin, and he came to bring sight so that many would see the glorious light of the gospel. And you may already know this, but the irony in this passage is that he would accomplish all of this by dying. The crowd wanted to kill Jesus after that hometown sermon, but it was not yet his time. But his time would come. Jesus would die, and he would die for the sins of those who killed him. That's the gospel. And though we were the perpetrators, Jesus considered us friends and died to set us free from our sins. And let me just finish by saying this about the people then, but also it speaks to us today. Though they and us were the perpetrators, Jesus considered people to be his friends, and he died to set people free from their sins. Our sins and griefs to bear And what a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often
the Worship Initiative and Hannah Harding here on this Haven Today and a program called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Millions have seen The Chosen. All the while, millions more are still discovering it. My wife and I really enjoyed this series and we were quite excited when season three came out. And I really want you and those you love to see it as well. And as you watch, you'll see the story of Jesus in a fresh new way. You'll see it through the eyes of people whose lives were transformed. People like Peter and John and Matthew. Who were they? What were they like before they met Christ? How did the message of the gospel change their lives? Well, as you watch all three seasons of The Chosen, maybe the first two seasons you'll see again, you and your family will see your lives in the lives of those around Christ and have a deeper appreciation of how the gospel truly transforms. So, for your generous gift to Haven Today, I'd like to send you all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. You can go to our website and watch clips from The Chosen and take a look at the video that I shot with Dallas in Texas, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or you can call us at 800 65 Haven. That's 865 Haven. And if you just like to get the newest season three on DVD, we're shipping it out tomorrow when it's released. We have that for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There have been many people in my life that I've greatly admired. I'd look at their lives and imitate them in hopes of being like them. I'm sure there are role models like that for you as well. The Lord Jesus came to save us, but not only that, He came to make us like Him. So what are we to do? 
we look to his life and his words to see how we should live. Luke 9.23 gives us a non-negotiable for being like Christ. Jesus telling us, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, follow me. That's a heavy calling, I know. But Jesus will be with us, and his spirit will shape us to look like him. Grow in your walk with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.